0: And here we go. Welcome to the Mr. Tuesday Show. Oh man, I am so excited to get started with the Mr. Tuesday Show. Man, I have been waiting to do this for so long. My own podcast. I say my own podcast, but I want to tell you a little bit more about it. It's really not about me. I call my podcast an outside personality podcast, meaning while I will share my opinions and my experiences, the show is more about my guests, what they do, what do they consider themselves, and what kind of legacy would they like to leave on this world. And here I have my good and dear friend, Logan. He came out here from Springfield, Missouri. Well, actually it's a little bit more complicated than that. Me and uh, Logan's other friend, Jacob, we actually had to come save Logan in Oklahoma. Bristow, Oklahoma, was it?
1: Yeah, it was uh, definitely Bristow.
0: Bristow, Bristow. It's one of those little country towns that, honestly, I probably never heard of and hope to never go back to again. Logan, oh, you know what? We should just start the podcast by telling him that story. You want to?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you. Man, this was definitely a nightmare for me. Um, we'll start from the beginning. Yeah, so I'm driving down to Dallas to come say hi to Chance and a couple of my other buddies. And, um, you know, I'm driving down from Missouri, probably just 50 minutes outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, I'm driving on the freeway and my car just makes a loud noise. And I noticed my RPMs were going up and I was like, whoa, that's weird. My car started decelerating, so pulled down on over into an exit ramp and uh noticed that it was my clutch and the clutch had got out of or my clutch had gone out of my car so i you know put it in first tried to drive it stayed stagnant didn't go anywhere and um so i ended up calling chance and my buddy jacob and Mm -hmm. let him know what was going on and tried to see if they could come up and save me, which, you know, being the amazing friends they are, they did, and they left in a moment's notice.
0: And... Yeah, here. So this is where I come in. So I got a call from both you and Jacob. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob got to me first. He was like, Logan, Logan is screwed. And I'm like, well, <laughs> what does that mean? He's like, and then so Logan calls me. I'm just like, okay, everybody slow down. And I just conference the call together. Yeah, that Logan is stuck in the middle of Bristow, Oklahoma. He at the time, insisted that he was going to make it to OKC, even though that was still pretty far from Bristol. But I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll just meet you in OKC. So yeah. basically, me and Jacob, without like any hesitation, we just both simultaneously said, yeah, we're going to go and get him. We're going to go together. So we, we went to the gas station. We got some snacks, filled up my tank, and we head out. It was quite the adventure. I mean... Not going to lie to you. Me and him were just like, oh, man, it's already 11. We did the math. We're probably going to get back to Fort Worth at about maybe best case scenario, 8 a.m., and we never doubted it for a second because, Logan, our friendship, I will just be totally honest, is one thing I cherish in this world. And I wouldn't replace having you as a friend for anybody.
1: Oh, I really appreciate that, man. Thank yeah. You so much. Yeah, absolutely. Same for
0: you. Yeah. And so I think to myself, realistically, how many people would I drive out to Bristow, Oklahoma for at 11 p.m.? maybe a handful of people but you're one person i would never i didn't, wouldn't even think about it dude and i would have done it again oh, I, I appreciate that man it really means a lot yeah and that's where the story actually kind of takes a turn so me and jacob we're driving out we're driving through the country we actually had a great conversation we, we found out we had so much in common like jacob if you're listening you, you know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> but anyways God, maybe he should have been on the podcast, but (laughs) Uh (laughs) anyway, so we finally get there and turns out there's two, uh, shops, you know, two repair shops in that small town that are right next to each other. Yeah.
1: Keep in mind, this, this town is only a population of 4,000 people. So it's as, as country of a country town that you can get.
0: I think there was only one stoplight in that town.
1: Yeah. It was like, honestly, I was afraid that these two shops were just empty and just go shops, you know?
0: Yeah. And we're not hating on that kind of lifestyle. Like there's some great people who live yeah. in small oh, towns. Oh yeah. Even
1: the guy that had worked on my car absolutely amazing guy, super nice, super funny. Right. Um, but you know, you just expect to see in a place like that, that, you know, maybe not a lot of people are actually working.
0: So anyway, so me and Jacob get there and we park at the shop that we thought Logan was at. And then we call you and we're like, dude, where are you at? He's like, I'm not at that shop. I'm not the one right next to that. And then we're like, okay. So I go and I get my car over closer to you. And to keep it real, we're not hating on the guy, but the but it's fair to say that it was kind of a weird design. And the park the parking space was kind of like almost on a hill, right? And then so Logan is trying to tell us, show me and Jacob while we're sitting in my car, What is wrong with this car? What's wrong with this clutch? And I'll let you finish this. Yeah, well, so the tow guy, um, when he got
1: me to the shop, he ended up backing me up into their driveway. And the driveway is actually on an incline. So you have to actually drive up since it's pretty much on a hill. Um, So my car is facing downhill on a pretty steep angle, I'd say. Yeah, facing, you know, towards the street. And um, yeah, I was trying to show Jacob and Chance my, you know, if I tried throwing the car in first and uh, hitting the gas, that nothing that it would just stay still. And then I don't, (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know why, but just out of, I don't know if I got distracted or what, I honestly just can't think of a reason as to why. I made the, the stupid choice to put the e-brake down. So
0: <laughs>
1: the car starts rolling downhill and, you know, Chance's car is just dead center in my sight. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm rolling downhill. I'm getting ready to hit his car. And instead of pulling the e-brake...
0: Or hitting your regular brake. Or hitting brake.
1: my regular brake, my dumb ass <laughs> decides it's probably a good idea to try driving out of the way and turning my steering wheel all the way to the left. Um, And then next thing you know, there's a big old dent in Chance's car.
0: Yeah, so Logan's reward for me driving four hours of my night and getting zero sleep was damaging the hell out of my car. But look, we're laughing back on it now. And they, they were sure to bring it up like maybe at least 30 times on the way back home even though I said I really didn't care to talk about it. It, it got funny
1: as the night got on, went on. Like, yeah, it was a shitty situation, but just just thinking of the fact that you guys had driven about yeah. four hours to come save me, mm-hmm. and the first thing that happens before I even get into your car is my car just running downhill and hitting That's your car.
0: That's Logan's way of showing his appreciation, but- Absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't
1: want it any other way.
0: We're, like yeah, likewise. But we're—I'm just messing around. Logan said he'd take care of it, and you know he's a good guy, so everything—everything's gonna be just fine. It's like never even happened. But, but yeah. So that's—that was the first of a lot of stuff that's happened this weekend. Yeah, Logan came down to visit us here in Texas because he's actually about ready to move out to Burbank, California, man. Yeah. So what? Al- Northern Hollywood. So yeah, heck yeah. You're—we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. But your school is right next to the Hollywood sign, man.
1: Yeah, pretty, pretty much, you know, it, we're right by Griffith Park, which is uh, mm-hmm. about northern Los Angeles, and yeah, right in, right in that um, hill line is where the Hollywood sign sits, so mm-hmm. um, that'll be pretty nice. Uh, the school's actually so awesome that, you know, I, I believe they do weekly or bi-weekly hikes up to the Hollywood sign just to wow. clear your head every now and then so you're not just stuck staring at your computer screen all day.
0: Dude, imagine that! Imagine going from, like, basically effectively a college class to going hiking near the Hollywood sign. But we're gonna get more into that later. I know that you can't mo- wait to move out to LA and support the Dodgers and support all the different teams oh, out no. there. No, no,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> that is the one team i will never support in the the rest of my life
0: yeah it was great san San francisco all the way man except when it comes to winning but anyway (laughs) so logan so you are the first person on my show and i will say having you on is an absolute blessing like like absolutely like no disrespect to any of my other guests but i definitely wanted you to be the number one because like like I said our friendship and hey you know what let's talk about how we actually met so we were we were thinking about it I think it was I think it was you were over for my brother my brother Parker yes yeah so
1: that was when I was in fifth grade or sixth grade I want to say it was fifth grade but it was it was for his birthday party and uh yeah I had come over that night and you know just had had a great time with him and uh you know wished him happy birthday and all
0: yeah yeah and i was just sort of because you guys were out doing your own thing and i was just sort of there really just playing xbox but like i'm like oh yeah cool nice to meet you and um dude it's like it's crazy to think right like 10 years from now 10 years later because i was in 2010 like, I don't, I don't really think you and Parker are, are really friends anymore, but you and I, like, we are like, you know, like best freaking friends. Like, yeah, man, yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy to think how friendships, you know, how friendships, you know, come and go nowadays. And, and I'm sure a lot of people in my audience, they could probably, they can probably relate to that and like how they, how they make their best friends. And it's always like, it's always like these like crazy, crazy or just like ironic stories. But, but yeah, man. So. What I like to say is all of my guests definitely define themselves as like some sort of something, be it an occupation, be it a hobby. But I think you like you call yourself a DJ. Would that be a fair assessment? Um yes and no. I I definitely don't
1: consider myself a DJ. I consider myself more of an artist, um, other than a DJ. Um I do I do play with um, you know, a DJ controller, and you know, I guess I guess a lot of people could look at me as a DJ, but um, you know, in the end, I I see myself as more of an artist. I I'm, I'm eventually I'm planning on um eventually getting rid of the DJ decks and being able to um, you know, use live instruments in my set and um, play through this computer software program for um as a digital audio station at Ableton. Um, and I'd like to, you know, just play a lot of live stuff, um, definitely play a lot of my own music, but being able to, you know, perform as well. I guess more of a performer slash artist than mm-hmm. I would as a DJ, because, again, like I said, I I do want to eventually move away from that side and focus more right. um, on being able to just, you know, play live instruments instead of turning knobs and pressing buttons right. and stuff. Right. And
0: yeah. so... For someone who's not so familiar with EDM, I'm guessing you don't want to have that label as a DJ because you're much more than that. And to call you a DJ would it be to imply that all you do is perform?
1: Yes, I, absolutely. I, you know, I again, there's a lot more to um, my music and my performances that I would like to be shown opposed to just DJing. Again, playing the live instruments. Um, putting and as well as the production is you know Mm -hmm. in addition to that you know having you know a great visual team and um great sound team being able to make everything as perfect as the show can go
0: right yeah dude i'm not even gonna lie to you i've listened to your stuff uh riptide he's on spotify my personal favorite song of his is alone if you haven't heard about him yet We'll obviously finish watch listen to this podcast, but you're already on Spotify, so just go ahead and just type in Riptide with a three instead of an e, dude. Like your stuff is it's legendary. Like I've I've shown like uh, gr- past girlfriends or my other friends, and I've put your music on. They're like, oh who is, who is this? Like, dude, I've never heard this person before. I'm like, oh, it's Logan. Somebody I know personally. Like, no, this is like, like I've actually had somebody say like, this sounds so professionally done. So I really, I really do want to vouch for you. Even though, like I said, EDM, I'm not necessarily the most familiar with, but your, your content is very quality content. Yeah,
1: I, I really appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been, again, for those that don't know, I am an EDM artist. Uh, and what I do is like produce music and, on my computer and you know just make songs put them out and then i'll go out and dj slash you know play drums guitar during my live sets slash performances so um yeah but hey man i really appreciate that about you know my music i've only been uh really getting serious into making music for about two years now and um yeah i definitely think that you know i've I've come a long way since I started and, you know, I'm just really scratching the surface as well of, you know, what's to come, but, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's one thing I'm really looking forward to is being able to see where, what, what level I get to take my music to next. And I just know it's going to be going up from there.
0: Yeah. And it's not like you woke up one day and you said, Hey, I want to be a DJ slash EDM artist. There was a lot coming between uh then and now so i think one thing we can both safely say is that we we both moved a lot more than we probably wanted to and we both spent a lot of time in both california and texas so do you want to give my audience sort of a breakdown of how much you moved
1: oh yeah absolutely um i mean i've been moving pretty much my whole life um you know parents um Unfortunately, got divorced when I was around two years old. Dad moved out to Texas. Mom was still living out in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, Again, that's where I'm from. Uh, Shout out, 510. (laughs) So, um, yeah, uh, so just a lot of moving around between my dad and my mom. I pretty much lived in almost every city in the Bay Area. Um, But, yeah, once my dad moved out to Texas, I lived out there with him for a bit. And then I uh, ended up moving back with my mom. That was a good ride too. And then next thing I knew, out of high school, um, you know, I had a chance to be able to play for Foothill College out in the Bay Area, it was a little junior college, but you know, I wasn't ready to pay 4,500 a month on a studio. So Jeez. yeah, I, Good old Cali, right? But ended up moving back to Texas, moved in with a buddy of mine. Uh, shout out Cole. And
0: uh... Wait, 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 I think I think you're skipping a little because I know this story very well So you had a whole plan in place as to what was going to happen and what actually happened are way two different things So I think I think let's let's start like even further from the beginning So I remember I was at UNT and we were playing Madden and then I floated the idea Hey, what if you came out to Texas to live and you went to a community college
1: yeah, I um, you know, I thought that idea was great and um this was kind of around, around the time I was, you know, I'd received my uh recruitment letter from uh the head coach out there and I was um, you know, really excited. I just hadn't taken into the fact that I was only 18 at the time and rent was 4,500 a month and I knew there was no way in hell I was going to be able to get that kind of money. And that was, you know, really one of the hardest choices I've ever had to make in my life. Uh, I've I'd, I'd been playing football from fifth grade through my senior year, and um, it was the whole world to me. Um, but, you know, it definitely one of the hardest choices I made. But I'm really glad that I did end up making that because it's led me to where I am today, and I'm extremely blessed to be in the position I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, and anyways, uh, ended up moving back in with or back to Texas, moved in with my buddy Cole for about six months. And uh, that led me to my um, next big chapter of my life, which was joining the Army. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once I got out, I'm kind of at where I'm at now, and that's out in Springfield, Missouri, and just staying here temporarily until school starts in April. And I'll be moving back home around February.
0: Yeah, so you moved to Springfield because you were stationed in Fort Riley, Kansas, right? Yeah. And Fort then you Riley. met you met a girl. Yes. And I'm 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 asking stupid questions because I want our audience to be filled in, but you you <laughs> met a girl and that ended up turning out pretty well.
1: Yes. I definitely met my lady. Hello, Kristen, if you're listening. I made a rhyme in a short amount of time. There, you saw that. Oh shit! I'm at it again. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um. Met her about halfway through my contract. Uh, met her at a music festival, actually, out in Kansas City. And um, things just went really well, and you know we've been extremely happy ever, you know, ever since. We're two years strong now, and yeah, it's been it's been great. And moved in with her once it got out. Now we're both moving out to my home mm-hmm. here in uh, the next two months.
0: Well, I like how you say my home. Well, Burbank. Well, Burbank and San Mateo are yeah kind of different. I guess, yeah. I, I
1: guess I'm I'm talking more about the state in general.
0: Yeah, look at yeah. this guy. He's like he's like. Owning the entire state of California. (laughs) I've
1: pretty much lived everywhere in the country, so everywhere is pretty much
0: Dude, likewise, bro. (laughs) We've we've moved way, way too much. But hey, dude, I got to tell you, though, would you say moving was more positive, more negative, and how will you, whenever you have a family and you have kids, I mean, I assume you want to have kids, how will you take that all into account? Well, you
1: know, moving is very tough. Um, you know, it definitely does have its ups and downs and I do, I am a person, um, I'm one that does enjoy traveling and I do like being in big cities and new places, but, you know, it, it comes with costs. Um, you know, moving to a new school across states, not really knowing anybody, that's, it's very difficult. Um, especially when you're trying to fit in and, you know find the right crowd or your your right friends and again luckily because of football um I was able to meet a lot of friends quickly through my teams um so you know one of the years wasn't that big of a problem for that though, just because I had met my football team before I had started school but yeah definitely um you know having to leave your friends behind and some mm-hmm. family as well can be a uh very uncomforting feeling. Yeah. But, you know, you just... In the end, it, you just got to make the most of it and stay strong and... Um, just try to see the light on the other side and you'll be doing just fine.
0: hmm Yeah, I can definitely vouch for that. Moving was not a positive experience for me either, but I will... I think it's more than fair to say that we've definitely made something of, our, of ourselves, the both of us, and... It's just moving moving for me like being the new guy like 6 7 different times it, it's not fun and i'm not even trying to sugarcoat it but ultimately i feel like i landed up in a great area in you know Dallas Fort Worth but that, that's m- sort of my side of it but anyway so let's go i want to dive in deeper about you as an EDM artist so yeah. i want you to tell me about your first show uh, what led up to that and and most importantly, like, what was your takeaway? Like, what, what were you thinking as, as you were leaving the show?
1: Yeah, well, you know, my first show is always going to be something I will remember for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, I think going back into my childhood, you know, I've, I've been very involved with music pretty much throughout the whole time of my life. I know, like I said, football earlier was very big part of my life but you know through that as well I was also making music I was teaching myself how to play uh, piano a little bit of guitar and you know to making beats on my phone and making stupid parodies and putting them (laughs) on YouTube Uh, give me some turkey like the Justin Bieber as long as you love me stuff (laughs) yeah stupid stuff like that but you know I've always I've always had a passion for music and you know, I, I remember while I was in the Army, I wanted to get out and be a producer. And that's part of the reason why I joined was to go to a music production school when I got out to really uh, help take me and my talent and my skills to the next level and learn more than what I could just find online. Um, so, you know, I went, I ended up going to a festival and seeing and a lot of DJs playing and a lot of artists and performers and that really inspired me and made me realize hey this is what I you know want to do so um ended up going to Guitar Center bought myself a super small DJ controller uh, probably not even 300 bucks and then just one little speaker instead of two just cuz I couldn't afford it at the time um so you know I just was a bedroom DJ for about six months, and I played a bunch of sets and uh, started, you know, just practicing and having fun with it. And then, um, luckily, through the music festival, I told you guys I met Kristen through, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: had I met a lot of great people that that festival, and we ended up all getting into a group chat, and um, one of the girls in there, her name's Claire, shout out Claire, uh, she, you know, uh kind of ran this uh side underground like show scene at one of the venues in kansas city and um she knew i was playing and offered me a chance to come in and try playing and i said yeah let's let's do it thank you so much and Mm -hmm. man i'll tell you what i practiced that set for probably a good 25 28 days and Wow. I felt like it was the most important thing to me in the whole world and um
0: that shows commitment right there. Yeah, dude.
1: absolutely. I you know, I I wanted to be able to play my best and, and give people a good time and you know, put them in a place of happiness and peace and security and I, I think I I did and you know, it was probably one of the most memorable uh sets of my night, especially since I just about puked five different times uh, as soon as I was finished. <laughs> but man, I I had so I was so scared, I was so anxious going up, and mm-hmm. just you know my butterflies were flying through my stomach like crazy, and mm-hmm. probably lasted the first or the first two songs I played. And then once I really saw how happy everyone was and how oh, much man. they were enjoying the set, it all just washed away, and I had the best time. Um, and I think it was, you know, when I started throwing up at the end of my set, I think it was just more so all that, that huge anxiety buildup right. that I had right before I went on and I was just releasing it all. But man, it was, it was such a fun night um, being able to play that night for my first night. And then from there, um, got more shows and, you know, started making more moves and I have was on a, I was on a road where I was playing about one to two shows a month Um, but then good old COVID came and swooped us up and told me no more monthly shows
0: for you we'll talk more about COVID later but I think it's totally fair to say that your first time playing and Broski's first time playing were two different experiences and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and fill my audience in Broski is a buddy of Logan's he met in the Army, but he's also an EDM artist. Matter of fact, you know him a lot better than me, so could you want to introduce my audience to Broski?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um Obviously, Broski isn't here with us right now, but Broski, shout out. He's order. here in spirit. He's here <laughs> in spirit, yes. Um, Yeah, man, this guy's such an amazing and talented guy. Very, very strong, very humble, and, um, you know, I met him. He was in the Army. He was stationed out of Fort Leavenworth in Kansas, and... Again, same same thing with Claire. I ended up meeting him through that festival and um you know, we he was very very serious about going and trying to make this his career as well as it was for me and we just, you know, uh what's the saying? Uh like minds think alike or great minds, great think, minds alike? think alike? Yeah. Yep, yeah, go. and uh I just Got really attached to his vision and mine and I just great felt, minds.
0: I thought we were talking about you and Broski. Yeah, it is me and I'm talking about. No, I'm I'm messing with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. He,
1: um, yeah. And we just became really great friends and you know, we've been supporting each other ever since day one. We've played many shows together and he's mm-hmm. I'm just very thankful to have this man in my life.
0: Yeah, I've actually I've met him personally because I went up and I visited you. In Missouri, twice now. Both of those were great experiences. By the way, yeah. I actually, the second time I went over, we went to Kansas City, and uh, Kristen, your girlfriend, was playing a show in the in the park. It was my first exposure to live EDM. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, I'll call it what it was. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I felt like you guys, even though I knew nobody there, you guys were doing a good job of like, you know, keeping me a part of it. Because I know, you know how it is at a party when you when you go to a place where you don't know a lot of people? You know, you kind of get lost and your friends kind of forget about you. But that, but Logan and Broski, they made me feel like so welcome. And it felt like, you know, it really felt like I could see myself going to more things like that. Even though, albeit, you said it yourself, uh Actual like EDM festivals and shows are generally a lot better than that. But you know, it was it was COVID, so we you know we're all making yeah. compromises. But it's not that not to say that Kristen didn't play a good show and have a lot of energy. She was she was great. But yeah, man, I'm definitely excited to go to you know shows and other things whenever things get under control. You know, be it me as well. Yeah, man.
1: it's it's definitely been killing me all year. But you mm-hmm. know, I know there's a light at the end of this tunnel and now we'll be getting out of here as soon as possible
0: mm-hmm. yeah and that's where I wanted to go with my next topic is so 2020 has been hard on everybody unless you're a billionaire how would you say the year affected you and tell me what exactly were you doing on March 13th
1: yeah man um, well this is when I was still in the army you know and, and it's, it's really crazy because you know military life is a lot different than civilian life, and it got to the point where it was actually affecting um, military life as well. Um, I was at a um, at a medical unit at the time. I was getting ready to be med boarded out, and um, you know, base, you know, we started getting texts from our uh, our leaders, and they were telling us, "Hey, you know, we're having um, stay at home order be." put in place for about a month or two so you know just send us a text in the morning make sure you're not dead and you know all's good do what you got to do throughout the day but don't worry about coming into work just you know stay at home and then it got to the point where you know there was hand washing stations outside every building on post and wow yeah and and then it got to the you know that so you'd wash your hands before walking into the building and and then it really got to a point where they were having to task, you know, random soldiers out on details to sit outside by the hand-washing stations mm-hmm. and make sure that everyone washed their hands prior to coming into the building. Um, so, you know, not, not having work in the army, which is very, very, very unheard of, just having you go home or stay at home for a whole day, you know, because in the army, you're always, you're always training. I mean, that's, that's any branch of the military. Um, every day except for weekends and being out in the field or deployments, you're, you're always working. Um, you know, and you know, if you're not working, you're definitely at work, um, sitting around doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, yeah, it, it had affected my Military life as well. Uh, they had to start doing things differently, and no one was really coming into work, you know. And face masks were required still. That's that's just how it was. It started there, and then throughout the year, got bigger and bigger, and spread all over the world.
0: Yeah. So your story, I feel like, gives a different perspective because, albeit most of my audience, I don't know if if they're in the military, but that I don't even know if you've given me that much details about hand washing stations i know you you guys were locked up for a while we had had that conversation before but wow so yeah so other than watching joe exotic i know a (laughs) big deal yeah a big deal for you was the fact that you couldn't have another show for a very very long time
1: oh yes um i i don't even man it i remember the last show i had played um that was in february and that show was very special because i actually got ended up meeting um a very famous dj that night He goes by the name of company um and me and broski actually got to you know talk to him and ask him because he he actually went to the school that him and i will be going to in uh, april um so we were able to ask him all about the school and hear about his experience and see how he liked it and Um, but yeah, that was the last show I got to play until about July, um, played probably a couple shows then, and then didn't really play a show until Halloween, but yeah, man, if you, if you really look at it, it's probably been, we've probably had only four or five shows this year when I was averaging probably about 20 to 30, um, you know, and again, I'm just—I'm very, very new to the to the local scene, and that's what I'm doing is just playing all throughout the Midwest. Um, but you know, it's—it was—it would be very frequently that I'd be playing. I always had a show um, on my list, and now it's me wondering when the next time I'm gonna get a show offer, just because everything's been closed, and it sucks. But mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the day I can really get back into it.
0: And. I'm not saying this to downplay the virus. I want to be very clear. Me and you take this virus very seriously. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just wanted to ask what was the main negative impact. But aside from that, so I really want to get into this, to the school that you're going to, Icon, because you've told me so much about it. And you also said that you actually had a video interview with somebody from the school. Yeah. Can you expand on that?
1: Yeah. Um, so again, the the school is called Icon Collective. It's out in Burbank, California. Um, amazing, phenomenal school. Um, I believe it's one of the best um, EDM production schools in the entire world. It I believe it's number one in the country, and then it's number two in the world. I think the first one's somewhere out in Europe. Um, but yeah, it's a um, very very small school. It's your classroom size is about an eighteen to one right, teacher student ratio. That's or, awesome. Yeah. By the way. So for you know your your class size will be about eighteen students. Um, and then you know you only have about uh four classes a day. So um, you know what if it's you what maybe you got eighty ninety something students and in, in your class. And, you know, for, for the school, it's not just uh, Hey, show me your transcripts. Oh, cool. You got A's and B's you're accepted. It's, it's a very select process where, you know, it's, it's pretty much, it's an interview process to get into the school. And, you know, it it's all through Zoom. And I had to, you know, talk to uh, the, a, one of the counselors, I believe, or Uh, someone that worked in the admissions department and that's in the heat you know we had about an hour and a half long interview and um he wanted to know why I was doing this he wanted to know why I had interest in the school he wanted to listen to uh three tracks that I had made and um just really got to know me and made sure that I was you know going in into it for the right reasons and Mm -hmm. you know just see if I'd be a good fit at the school and about three weeks later got my acceptance letter and that was probably the greatest thing that had happened to me. I believe I was actually playing Xbox with you the minute I had opened yes. that letter.
0: Yeah, so I was one of the first people you heard about it. Dude, you were so happy yeah, I was you were the first person that Oh heard about man, it. dude. I didn't even think about it that way. But dude, I was so like beyond happy for you because I knew that this this meant a lot to your future and you had been you'd been talking about going to a music school I believe the one you wanted to go to originally was in the bay area yes but before yeah. you joined the army i mean like you've been super like very passionate about this and i know that's everything you wanted so for you to get accepted and i knew you're gonna get accepted i mean come on dude your <laughs> your stuff is your Thanks, stuff man. is great i, I really appreciate that. your stuff is great and i mean the passion if you don't know logan personally the passion is absolutely there and, I, and i'm not just saying that like You might not be that great at Call of Duty, but you are (laughs) awesome at making music.
1: Yeah, that's okay. I I usually carry our team pretty much every game, so...
0: Must be when I get offline, because I've never noticed that. (laughs) (laughs) But you're better than Squishy, though. I'll give you that.
1: Yeah, she's she's one of a kind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so as we are approaching the end of my show, I have two final questions for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man.
0: All right, so... What advice would you like to give to people who are just starting to do EDM, just starting to do DJ? What do you wish somebody told you before you legit got started?
1: Uh, yeah, that, that's a great question, man. Um, you know, this is, uh, you know, we if you're, you know, a b- big artist or a small artist, um, you know, you can always give your input from your experience. But, you know, something that I really wish someone told me was to just really, really believe in yourself and not to give up. And, you know, going, it it sounds very cliche. And, you know, as I, as I was younger, I would think that, you know, oh, as long as you never give up and you believe in yourself and you keep doing it, you know, you know hearing those sayings, I used to think that was the corniest stuff I'd ever heard in my life. And, I felt that way for a long time but you know as as I listened and started applying that to myself and um working hard every day on it's it's brought me to many great and amazing opportunities and you know those things that I used to think were corny are actually the realest shit that I've ever heard in my life. Um so, you know, really just just keep at it. If you if you have a dream and if something makes you genuinely happy um don't ever don't ever stop, you know um just just keep going and doing the best you can, and you know it shouldn't matter what the end result is, just whatever keeps you happy and gets you through your day, you know don't ever stop,
0: wow, dude, that was a really good answer, like, and I know I kind of put you on the spot I didn't ask you know I didn't tell you what kind of question I was gonna ask, but man dude you blew my mind like like honestly anybody out here who's trying to become you know the next marshmallow or whoever and you know man like that i want to go run a marathon that was so inspiring so thanks man yeah
1: it's again it's just it's honest truth again it sounds very cliche but it's it's really not and if you don't if you don't want to see it that way then you don't have to but for those that do I'm telling you you know you can ask a lot of great people out there that are very successful and they'll tell you the same thing
0: all right man so my very last question for you on what's been a really good podcast I've been digging the conversation what kind of legacy would you like to leave
1: yeah man you know I don't you know I I I'm not in this for you know the fame or the money or you know to to travel. You know it's all it's you know it's it's cool stuff. But in the end, you know what matters most is the feeling I get when I'm sitting in my room after I've just made something amazing. The feeling that I get of love and happiness and you know it just it's it's such an undescribable feeling. But it's nothing but positive energy and that's that same feeling i get is you know what i want to give to people that hear that song for the first time you know and i hope that they would feel the exact same way you know it's it's such an amazing feeling it it i feel like when i'm working i just get taken to this this place of you know extreme comfort and it's like it's like a therapeutic escape almost and you know if i can get people to that point and i can get them to you know get through shit that's going on in their life and being able to really leave an impact on them and help them get through their day that's Mm -hmm. that's all that matters for me and that's what i feel like i'd like to be remembered for
0: dude that was a really good answer too like and i can vouch because i've known you for so long you're not a me guy you're not, you're really about how many people you can impact. And, I, and I've noticed that about you and you're definitely a man of your word. So I, again, another awesome answer. And dude, I just want to thank you for coming on my show and being the first guest because that was a really good, really inspiring conversation. Like, and I hope that my, my audience enjoyed and they take something away from that. So to end this first show, I want you to go ahead and remind the audience who you are in case they want to look you up yeah
1: absolutely hey man it was it was definitely a pleasure being here. I had a lot of fun um you know, and can't wait for our next one. Um, guys uh again, my name's Riptide uh, first name last name Logan Iselt, as I stated earlier, but um yeah, you can follow me on all my socials. It's at Riptide music cross the board. Um, obviously as he chance had stated, it's Riptide with a three instead of an e. And then music. Um, look me up on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music. I'm pretty much on every uh, streaming fl- platform that there is. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's me. And appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to this man's new podcast.
0: Yep. Um, like I said, this has been great. I, I, we have been talking about you being my first guest for probably like a month or so. Yeah, I was whenever I knew I was doing my own show, I I knew it was going to be you, and man, you just like exceeded all of my expectations, dude. Like this, oh, I'm just, I'm just like so happy. I can't even contain (laughs) myself. But, but I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as well we enjoyed it. But yeah, this has been the first Mister Tuesday show. Take it easy. Uh, See you later guys